Bastard, get away from me! I don't want it. <laughs> it's not my fault. I've got the Roni. <laughs> well, it ain't mine either. Keep away, you dirty get. Stop breathing through the cracks. Fuck off. All right, all right. Tell you what, we'll do then. I'll, I'll go upstairs and we'll get on the uh, on the crack and cove intercom. Yeah, do me. I've been bringing you piss up for a week. Why are you coming downstairs now? Well, I wanted some chilli from the fridge. Go on, pass me. Go, go up there. Leave all me right, up we go. Right, right. Hang about. I'll tune in in a sec. Right, here we go. Right, here we go. Have you, have you got, are you on the intercom? Hello? Oh, don't, oh press the Hello? Are you, yep, there you are. I'm on intercom ah. now. <laughs> are you upstairs? You're not in the way, are you? Yeah. Right, so we're on the intercom now, so you can hear me that loud and clear, can't you? Loud and clear, Arkin. How are you feeling anyway? I haven't talked to you today. I've been feeling a bit dog shit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I better explain a little bit to the, uh, the good listeners of Crack and Cove. Um, uh, I've gone and got the coronavirus. <laughs> good, old COVID, good old COVID-19 has come across somehow across the waves. But um, fear not, we are, we're all safe. I'm isolating upstairs at Crack and Cove, and, uh, and Benny's been taking over the kitchen duties mainly. And every fucking thing else, kitchen <laughs> duties. Jesus. Well, I can't do anything I'm I've been lugging everything, I've pulled me back, fell downstairs, everything. Jesus, wet. <laughs> You can't be trusted, that's why. <laughs> Maybe that's right. But as much use as a tin of thunderstorm, kid. <laughs> that's pretty useful. <laughs> it, keeps, it keeps you occupied. Exactly. But yeah, so so the thing is, so it, but it's, it's not left as... We are undeterred, should I say. We're undeterred here at Cracker Cove. We're not sort of going to let this get us down in any way, shape or form. We're going we're gonna to record regardless, and we're going to get the final Halloween episode out. Oh, yeah, baby. On the day itself, on Halloween. Halloween night. Exactly. Because this is Crack and Cove, the podcast that shines a beacon on the bazaar. And I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. So we're still going to bring you your your specials, your your lovely little Halloween treats. Now we have to you have to bear with us a little bit because there's um, there's a few interviews I needed to do which I haven't been able to get out and do that. There's, so we have to strip back a little bit. But I'm sure we've still got plenty of good fun things for you here at the Cove. We've pulled it so, out of the bag, our kid. He's still going to be a cracker. Oh, I know that's it, and we've got we've got a good few submissions as well from you, the listeners. Um, we've got a couple of recorded ones, which is nice as well. We've got the two of those, but they're they're very high quality, so I'm looking forward to getting getting those out for everybody to have a listen to. And uh, the rest of them have been written down, so that I'm going I'm going to read those out myself. And we've also we've also got a special from Benny. He's got a little treat for Isn't us, isn't Benny? I held up when you threw me to the mainland to get deep dive diving. I won't resting on my laurels. I were doing shit out there. <laughs> well, was, we, I, I've still yet to hear what this is like. This special, so I'm very much looking forward to, to oh, listening to Ben. It's a, it's a delight. It's a delight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think now what we should do is I'm going to get my little uh, little gas stove on up here at Crack and Cove. Are you going to get get round round little uh, the oven or something like that? No, I'm just opening a bottle of rum. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> bottle of rum. <laughs> well, you enjoy your rum, and I hope everybody out there who's, who's tuned in to Kraken Cove, I hope you're going to get yourself a nice little drink, because today is Halloween. We're releasing on Halloween. So um, I hope you're all feeling spooky, you're in a full spooky mood, and hopefully we can give you something to chill your bones a little. <laughs> Here we go. So, we've got the first boat out of the harbour today. I'm, I'm going to keep on a bit of a theme we've been doing over the last few episodes, really. Um, and Because this is, uh, this is an, a, a submission by a lad called Michael. And it's, it's not a massively long one, but it really spooked me, this. I thought this is oh, really cool. weird, right? And this is what Michael has written down and sent in to us. He says, I live in England. And I used to live in a town called Tamworth. And there is a woodland park with lakes and lots of nature called Hopworth Woods. And I was walking through the park one night and I could hear noises behind me all the way. But I didn't think anything of it other than deer. So I carried on walking and it was black in there apart from the moonlight so I couldn't make anything out. So I heard the noises for a second time and I turned around thinking it was a kid playing a prank on me. And I froze at what I saw. I swear to God, I froze on the spot because there, right in front of me, was this big wolf man thing. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. It says, and I didn't know what to do, so I tried to run and I fell over a, a, like a fallen down tree. And I turned to my back and I came face to face with this thing. So he's, he's rolled over, he's looked up, and the dog man is leaning over oh, him, God. right? And he says. It was definitely part canine, as it smelled like a dog and looked like a dog, but it walked like humans do, oh, upright, man. on two legs. Oh. And he says, I've never been so scared in all my life. I said, then I heard another noise coming from the side of me, and I looked across, and it was a deer. And this beast just took off, grabbed hold of the deer, and just started to bite into it like it was a piece of steak or something. <laughs> Oh my god! And I saw this as a chance to run, so I did, and I ran straight over the gates and onto a lit up street. So I told everyone, my friends, my parents, the police, and everyone laughed at me. Oh, and well, since that night, 14 people have gone missing in those woods, which makes me think about how lucky I was this day that this deer came along. 14 people went missing in the woods. Right? So I've recently moved out of Tamworth, and I now live in Leeds. Uh, and the part where I live in is the woods called Eschalt Woods. So that's oh, not too yeah. far from the cove at all, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I said, I've been there a few times at night, and I swear to God, I've seen the same thing. Is it possible for this werewolf-like thing to follow me at 180 miles and keep taunting me? Because now I won't go out after dark, and I always make sure I'm in the house before nightfall. I've actually got to that stage now where I don't want to leave the house at all. I'm that scared. Oh, and, man. And that's from Michael. I mean, oh, what about geez, that? Michael, my God. Thing is, though, you see that once in woods. Why is he going back in woods? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going back in those woods. Mate, I'd carry a chainsaw and a blunderbust if I'm going anywhere near a tree. 
know my that's, God. Well, I suppose that's it. You, you, you maybe what it'd be a thing is thinking, well, I, you know, I don't want these things to sort of inhibit what I do anymore. You know, I'm not going to let yeah. this thing ruin my life. But then you realise he's a fucking great wolf man. Oh, you know, maybe he's the wolf. Maybe it's Michael. <laughs> he's just running around it's... killing deer and that. Michael. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh, but it's super scary though, isn't it? That, that's you know, awful. It's... Imagine that actually happening though. And you know, especially that bit when you try to run and you fall straight over. It's something I'd do with that. Oh, <laughs> straight no, on just... my ass, like, oh no. Straight away, first thing, straight on your backside. That's it, eating dead, you know. <laughs> 14 people dead in them woods. Well, disappeared. He says oh, 14 yeah. people disappeared. So that could mean any number of things really so that's very strange isn't it so but it's a good one though i would yeah, like it very, very much. good one God. yeah so i'm gonna say a big thank you out there to michael yeah thanks michael Pretty spooky with that one. I don't the idea of like wolf men and dog men. I'm a bit frightened by him. And do you know that around the UK now, there's lots and lots of sightings of these. In fact, not just the UK, around the world, it's very, very strange. Is that it's happening more and more? So it could be like biting people and like turning them. You know what I mean? There could be like armies of them. Shit. Oh, Matt does say that. That's absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Idea with armies of them. Go down shops. <laughs> well, what we need to do now, I think we need to visit another store, and I think rather than listen to our boring old voices droning on, what we need to know is is, is have one of the listeners. Oh. So this uh, this listener's called Callum, and he reached out to you, didn't he, Benny? He did. You mean Callum from Neon Rituals, that bloody spooky metal band? <laughs> <laughs> Neon Rituals? Wow. They no, they're rock, that. mate. They're a new band, and they absolutely rock, and Callum's a dude, man. He's a proper dude. So, yeah, yeah he did reach out. He's a, he's a belter. Right, well, let's have a listen to uh, have a little listen to see what Callum's got to say then. Hello, Matt and Benny, long-time listener here. Um, so this is a, a little story that kind of relates to some of the um, submissions that you've had before, and it's about where I live, which is uh, Full Neck, or where I used to live with my parents. Our Full Neck is this gorgeous little place. Um, in Pudsey, but it's more of the outskirts of Pudsey as it as it transcends into Bradford after that after that zone where I live. Um, and during lockdown, um, I used to go for walks around Fullneck because it's a beautiful area, uh, especially during the autumn when you see the leaves drop and people walking the dogs. It's just sort of very nice. Uh, but I'm quite macabre and I'm quite weird. And I always used to go down the graveyard. Um, And on one of my uh, trips, uh, I met um, the groundsman for Full Neck. Um, I was down there at night, it's very misty. Um, And the graveyard of Full Neck um, is part of what's called the the Moravian Settlement, which is this sect of uh, Protestantism. I think uh, that came from America. Now I went for this walk and I met um, the groundskeeper and museum um, owner slash. I think he was the owner. He was at least he give he used to give museum walks around Fulmec, um, and I met him. And so I was got got talking to him as you do, you know, being polite and all that, just making sure I wasn't a trespasser or anything. Um, and I remember saying to him, 
Oh, so so have you uh, seen anything supernatural, super spooky down here before? And I'm not kidding. He just looked at me, this stout man, looked at me, took his hat off, wiped his brow and just nodded and then refused to talk about it. Um, and I thought, oh, that's, that's dead weird, but give me the heebie-jeebies and a good way. I love, I love stories like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really think anything of, of it, um, other than the fact that the graves down the graveyard are from, like, the 1790s, which is so, so very old. Um, and they're also, all, all of the bodies there are buried vertically. Um, and I think they're buried in alignment with the, with the, the rising of the sun, which is quite cool. Now, fast forward a little bit, and to me and my friends used to go down, um, we used to go down Fallek itself, just below where the graveyard is, to the valley. Now, we used to have a fire there, and we used to go, uh, people have been there for, for yonks, you know, used to talk to my hairdresser when I had hair, um, and she used to say how oh, she used to go down there when she was a kid, and she's like 40 odd now. So it's just, you know, all, so people have been very frequented for years. Um, as this place and um, we used to go down there you know have a, have a little drink um, not, nothing crazy around a fire it was actually very magical now it was normally me and two of my best friends um, and with one day it was just me and my best friend Alex and we went down you know got, got later and later during, during the summer so it used to get dark you know after, after 10 really really late and um, we're around the fire. The fire was fairly dim, given that low, that low hue of red to the to the forest. Uh, the forest is normally quite quiet. You can't really hear any animals or anything like that. And um, I'm not kidding um, when I say this, but for a brief moment, the forest lit up like someone had taken a photograph. And it was just this pure white. Everything just went wham. Now, if the fire was oxidizing, it would have crackled, and you would have heard that, um, and that would make sense as to why you know it lit up. Even then, though, it would still be that uh, the, the 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 brightness wouldn't be as white from the fire. Now, I don't know what it was. There was no immediate feeling of danger. It was just the same. Um, but after this flash, and it only lasted for like a second, if that, the, the forest began to move and you could hear all the animals freaking out. There were sounds of owls, you never hear owls. Uh, well, you, well, you do, but you know, we didn't when we were down there. And just a rustling of the grass and all the, all, all the, the trees around us. It was so strange um, that my friend uh, was convinced that somebody had taken a photo of us from the trees, which kind of adds credence to the fact that there was this light. Um, and I just do not know what it was. Now, I remember listening to one of your podcasts a while back, and one of them mentioned how he was going across Fulnek, the Moravian settlement, and he was looking down into the valley, and he could see some, some bright light traveling through the forest at speed not like a biker or a, or a vehicle or anything. Now, I, I don't know if they're related, but my, uh, <laughs> my, 
my obsession with cryptid and the macabre makes me uh, makes me think that there's some kind of link to that, and I don't know what it was. It didn't feel special at the time, but on re- upon reflection, it was very spooky, ooky. Wow, that's pretty weird, is that, then, isn't it? It's proper odd. To say it's same woods than Daz from last year, seeing all well, that spooky shit, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's weird that we've actually got two lots of people have sort of witnessed very, very similar things in the same woods, you know? Yeah. And um, I do know the I do know the area is talking about there as well, because I got, I got married there, you know? the uh, that, um, What, in the woods? Not in the woods. Oh, I was best man, wasn't I? Actually, I remember now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but over at the uh, Moravian settlement there, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a nice chapel there, you know. It's, it's, it's a very, very beautiful place. But another thing, I, I don't know where the graveyard is there, do you? It must be at back or something. I don't know. I have to ask him next time. See, but I didn't know that they the were like um, buried, stood up like bloody Jimmy Savile. It's like, what's all that about? <laughs> what do you mean like Jimmy Savile? Well, Jimmy Savile, when he got buried, he wanted it facing the sea and he was he won't laid down he was stood up in his coffin wasn't he he no claims, i didn't know that didn't you he yeah. claims to always look at the sea but i think it's some like old ritual thing that i don't yeah. know there's some like masons or something like that yeah. you know what i mean but, but no but no I, I, I have to, I have to get myself down the uh, down that graveyard because I'd, I'd love to say i didn't realize they're actually buried vertically that takes a bit of digging and all it doesn't it? half and that creepy blog that owned the museum i thought callum were gonna get bummed at that point I'm like, oh, <laughs> careful callum <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, he, was, he, he sounds like a he sounds like a, a bit of a spooky character. That guy himself wandering around, Doesn't it? So, yeah. And that light, but, you know what I mean? With all of them witnessing it, you know, it's a, it's an odd spectacle, is that? You know what I mean? I don't think it were a, a camera flash at all because they, they would have heard more noises. I know the animals went crazy and stuff, but yeah, no, that's a phenomenon. I I think there's something very weird about them. In fact, what I think we need to do, I think me and you, we should do like a little uh, uh, um, a, a, a trip out. I think. Yeah, big shout think... out that owner, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice near to us. So as soon as I'm I'm well again, I think I think we need a little bit of a road trip out there and have an investigate of an evening to see if yeah. we can see anything creepy. Oh, I like because that. I think that's what, that's what that's what we need to do. We need to keep an eye out on Kraken Cove because we don't know yeah. what's going down everywhere, do we? Very true. But yeah, but th- but thank you very much for that, Callum. I think yeah, that's good luck with your band, that. Callum. Like you say, yeah, absolutely good luck awesome. With, what 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 they called again? Neon. What the fuck, Matt? Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> neon ritual. Neon it? rituals. The fucking mint. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, we've got we've got uh, we've got another one here that's been written into us today, so that's uh, that's going to be a little bit different. So I'm going to read that one out, and it's from Gwendolyn. Oh, nice, cheers, Gwendolyn. Yeah, so this is quite good, is this one? This is uh, so thanks very much, Gwendolyn, for getting in touch. So this is what Gwendolyn's written in, and she says, "My experience occurred in early 1989 in St Mary's graveyard on the East Cliff at Whitby." Oh, cool. So this is actually at the graveyard at the top there, right? (laughs) Just to disturb you. Some dickhead when I was younger said that there were a Dracula grave, you know, like someone had actually done it. I've actually went looking for that gravestone. (laughs) (laughs) Like a total dick. (laughs) You can write a big fancy, right, brand new. (laughs) She says, So I was there with a group of friends, and we were all around 15 years of age at the time. 
and I remember there were about eight of us all together that night. There was no alcohol or drugs involved at any point. We were on our way up the 199 steps when we got to about halfway and we could see a white cat sitting there. I went to stroke it but it hissed at me, so I took the hint and left it alone and we continued upwards past our furry little omen. At the top of the steps we split into two groups. One group hid while the other group searched like a big big hide and seek game. Now we'd been playing this game for about 30 minutes and there was only one friend left to find. Myself and a mate were looking together at the seaward facing side of the church. I stepped over a laid down gravestone and, and caught my foot on it and tripped over. When I regained my feet I stood up and first noticed what we thought was our missing friend. They were crouched down in a ball around 70 yards away from us and we could just make out a black shape that we thought was our friend. So we walked towards the dark shape, talking to each other and not paying the shape any mind. That was until we were about five or six feet away from this dark shape and we both stopped and turned to look at it and it changed shape. It animated into the archetypal death figure you know the sort of like you yeah, like the like grim death, reaper type yeah shit. that's it and he said but without the scythe oh god thank god <laughs> it was well over six feet tall pure darkness an absolute void it seemed to be made of antimatter no light was reflecting off of it even though it was nighttime, there was a lamppost at the far end of the graveyard even though it even though it was night time, there is a lamppost at the end of the graveyard, near the boundary wall, and there are lights highlighting the church, and also the lights from the arcade across the harbour far below. So none of the ambient light touched his dark clothing. Obviously, in less than half a second, me and my friend had turned tail and scarpered along the cliff back towards the church, where all of our friends were gathered, including our mate who we'd recently been looking for. We quickly told them what had happened and we stood away from the church to get a better look along the cliff path and our dark companion. The weird dark shape had halved the gap between us oh. so they could all see it now and it's Shit. moving towards them. <laughs> it had moved from where me and my mate had first encountered it and that was about 100 yards from where we were standing. Now all of our friends got a good look at it and it was about 50 yards away at this point and we turned in unison just ran down the 199 steps as fast as we could and ran off home. My mum spoke about this with a guy who was conducting ghost walks with tourists in the town and she knew him on a more friendly basis so she explained what had happened and asked if she knew what we had seen that night and he said this thing is known as a graveyard guardian and is supposedly the first person that was ever interred there and apparently it's a fairly common apparition at least it's common for it to be regarded as such. I had a friend whose dad and uncle saw it and their dog died as a result from the shock. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> oh, just a lead in that. Oh, you're dragging oh, it all. Oh, don't <laughs> Can you imagine that? Shit, no. I tell you one bit funny with that story though, you know when like uh, he's <laughs> a mum's telling him telling the bloke who does the ghost tours, it just sounds like yeah. they're in bed together smoking cigarettes <laughs> or something. <laughs> Oh, He's in just with a top hat on. God, no. Imagine running down those stairs, or with that behind. Oh, I wouldn't want to be. You, you'd fall straight down and you'd be on your ass. <laughs> I'd get down them first. 
499 steps bouncing <laughs> off the map. I'd still get up. I'm all right with stairs. Oh, no. Oh, I man, think that no. sounds terrifying, though. Oh, it don't, uh... But you know, I mean, I'm sure most people here, most of our listeners, have been up to uh, up to Whitby and had a little look round there and stuff. And it's it's so spooky, isn't it? You know, it is. It's made for spooks. It's like domineering above you, isn't it? That grave, uh, that church and graveyard, and Abbey behind it. Just it just looms, doesn't it? Oh, everything's so atmospheric. It's absolutely fantastic. It is. If you, if you haven't been there, if you've, if you've not actually been there, get yourself across to Whitby. It's yeah. a, it's an amazing place. Is Whitby? It's my favourite seaside town. Oh, I love it a bit. You know. Does I mean, Inside the town as well, there's some really nice streets and stuff, isn't there? Really old. Um... Oh, yeah. yeah. There's plenty of stuff going on there, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really And the harbour's lovely, you know what I mean? Great, great fish and chips. Yeah. The, the, the magpie at Whitby. Oh, yeah. yes, please. That's it's my worth favorite. the queue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so thank you very much for that one, Gwendolyn. That was really good, is that? And uh, I'm glad to say you're all right. And uh, hopefully you didn't get a good long look at it enough that it was going to kill your dog or something. Oh, no. <laughs> God. Say hello oh. to your man for me. <laughs> 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 oh, spooky or whippy, man. I want to go there now. I do. I want to eat fish and chips in the graveyard in the middle of the night. <laughs> I love, I, that, I, honestly, I could do that tonight. Yeah. If, if I was given the chance tonight, somebody said to me, if I don't want locked down with the Roni, <laughs> and they said, right, tonight what you got to do, get all wrapped up warm, get out with torches and stalk the graveyard oh, up there. You know what I mean? On Halloween night, that'd be the best. Oh, it'd be just so cool. It'd be so good. <laughs> the only thing I'd be frightened of is falling off a cliff because it's, it's not far off the edge of it cliff is, there, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. 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 It's so, that graveyard dips suddenly, doesn't it? You, you yeah, so if you do... So if you do go up to Whitby, you go careful, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got enough insurance at Kraken Cove to cover your ass. <laughs> I, I'm not even on insurance, it's only you in it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very carefully insured, yeah. <laughs> they can't insure you anyway because I'm out of piss you drink. <laughs> <laughs> and all the stairs. And all the stairs. Well, exactly, that's it. It's the only way you get down these stairs, isn't it? Just you rolling down. <laughs> Right, okay, we've got another submission here, right? Now, this is this is a tricky one, because I was meant to interview this person. But um, eventually what I've had to do is I've had to sort of, like, get a written account. So, But even so, even so, this is this is good, is it, this one? I, I'm, I'm, I quite like this one. Ooh, pray so tell, our kid. Pray tell. So this one's from Martin. All right. And Martin says, In the 60s, cycling clubs in and around Yorkshire thought nothing of cycling out into the beautiful Yorkshire Dales on summer evening runs sometimes covering 50 or 60 miles through the stunning but undulating terrain. Me and my pals were in cycling clubs back then too, but on this particular summer's evening we decided to strike out across the empty wild lanes that crisscross Blubberhouse Moors. It was a warm, clear evening, and me and my friends chatted on as we pedalled out past Norrid, Menwith Hill with its newly built Air Force Base, and up through Darley Head and Dacre, heading on towards Summerbridge. Now these are all lovely little villages, lovely little villages all dotting through the dales and stuff mm. like that, you know. So it's, it's a beautiful part of well, I, I know it very well actually, I know this well, because I used to be a bit of a, an avid cyclist, so I know all these lanes. It's funny actually, because dads were up there cycling in the other stories, if you remember back, already in the car. Yeah. Oh, he was in a car, yeah, That's he was up, up around that way, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he was yeah. up around that way. Yeah, we, we have, we've come full circle, haven't we? I know that. So anyway, Martin says, 
So not wanting to take the same route back, we consulted our old maps and chose a meandering route that would take us back eventually towards Leeds and Horsforth. We were teenagers then and it seemed to have endless energy. Through small hamlets and across streams, down tiny lanes we rolled, the shadows of the trees slowly growing longer as the hours passed and dusk slowly rolled in. As we rode through Padside, I suddenly noticed that my bike wasn't handling too well. A puncture. So I called out to the lads and we all pulled up at the side of the road. We all carried spares, it wasn't a concern, so my friends said they'd soft pedal on towards Whitmore Road while I got a new tube in, not wanting their legs to stiffen up, and they'd wait for me there if I hadn't already caught up. Now this, I know this myself, you see, it's like you don't want to stand around just waiting for somebody to change your tube or something, because yeah. your legs get all stiffened, they, they get cold, you can get cramped that way. So these lads sort of like gently pedalled off into the distance. So Martin says, I quickly got the wheel off and the inner tube changed and inflated. Then I got my dad's old map out of the saddlebag to find the fastest route to Whitmore Road. So I traced the route down through Thrust Cross Lane, through West End Village, onto Course Lane and up onto Whitmore Road. So he thought, right, fine. So he hopped onto his bike and set off. And soon enough I arrived at Whitmore Road, but my friends were nowhere to be seen. And this puzzled me as I'd easily had 10 minutes start on me, so I checked my map again, but I knew this was Whitmore Road, I'd not got mixed up. Then I heard the familiar sound of tyres on gravel and chatting voices, and up the lane come my friends. When they see me, they hit the brakes, their mouths open, and they asked me, how the hell did you get here so fast? So I told them, simply showing them the route on my dad's map. They insisted it was impossible, so I offered to show them. We cycled back down Course Lane towards the village of West End and suddenly stopped. The valley was flooded from end to end. What? The village of West End was nowhere to be seen. In the time since my dad's map had been printed, the whole valley had been flooded, along with West End Village, to create Thrust Cross Reservoir. Oh, man, I wonder where they're flooding it and shit. <laughs> yeah. He rolled through a reservoir. Oh, my God, that's like yeah. some time-lapse ghosty. So he says, my friends had taken the much longer, newly created detour along Reservoir Road that shit. didn't appear on my map. <laughs> so my, inf- my friends insisted it was a practical joke on my part. I asked me time and time again how I managed it, but I had no other answer. That day, I'd cycled down the valley, through West End, and out onto Whitmore Road. And other than that, I have no explanation. So what happened there? Jesus, it is like some ghostly, you know, like looking after him kind of spirits or something. It's like time oh. time lapse, or, you know, he's gone back into the past or something, hasn't he? Oh, honestly, well, the good thing is, if you, if, you, if you type those into Google Maps, you can actually look at the road somewhere they go, and you can see that road, the course lane, I think it's called. You can see it actually going into the lake. Oh, God. It's, it's just all the reservoir. The spooky, yeah. anyway, are reservoirs. You know, there's always, like, some, some village under there, isn't there, with bell ringing and all that bollocks. Yeah, it's well, that like... well, is actually the one. That's the one, because West End is in there, and when it's low, you can see the remnants of buildings and things. It's really God. super spooky. You know, it's a very, very strange part of the world, is that? It is, you know, so, people, you know, like, you when you live in a house, you, you do leave, like, burnt toast, any like, burnt toast. <laughs> you know, you, you do leave a little bit, don't you? But just to flood it out with water, it's it's, like, magical anyway, and it water. It's like a fun 
funny mix of stuff he's at. Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it's definitely definitely a strange one. And I think, I'd, but how he managed to get there, how he managed to make that distance and get through, because he's obviously beating his mates. Yeah. And I, you know, and I know Martin very very well actually. I've known him for a lot of years, and he's he's an extremely dependable sort of what witness. He's not yeah, a, he's yeah. not one for flights of fancy at all. So I just want to say thank you very much for that submission, Martin. Yeah. Cheers, Matt. Well done. Well done. Right then, I think it's time to um, to listen to another of our listeners. What do you Ooh. think, Oh, please. Yeah. Is this a ringing oh. or are you reading it out? Oh, no, this is one that's been phoned in. It's oh, been uh, a message, it's a sound file that's been sent to us, and it's come all the way from America. No way, to Kraken Cove. All the way from America to Kraken Cove. Oh, and this is from Marty. Ma- this is from the uh, listener called um, Marty McGowan. So, hi, Marty. I'm hi, really Marty. So really, really glad to get this story. A is to hear your voice as well, because you're probably very bored of hearing ours all the time. But he's uh, he's been an avid listener of the show. So um, what we're going to do now, without further ado, I'm going to hand things over to Marty McGowan. This is the Kraken Cove UFO story. Well, first of all, I'd like to say hello. Um, so context about uh, me... As you can tell, I'm an American. I am not uh, from Yorkshire or any other area in England. Um, I found the Kraken Cove podcast while I was working at Amazon for a brief time, and uh, with 10-hour days and very, very, very tedious work, um, it offered a lot of... I guess joy is the best way to... It, it offered a lot of joy and stories and almost uh, a sense of uh, quiet community while I was toiling away in those gray, gray buildings. Um, So my story is a UFO encounter. It's uh, something that happened to me a few years ago. The exact timing is rough, but I know it's um, either in the late part of 2016, um, just after the election, or the early part of uh, 2017, again, still pretty cold, uh, that sort of time of year. Um, so around that time, I was working at a local uh, or an uh, American chain called Applebee's. I'm not sure if they have it in England. Uh, they serve shitty food for too much money. Um, I know you have something like that that you can think of. Um, so I was working at Applebee's, and I would work from about 5 p.m., to uh, midnight or 1am depending on when they uh, cut me uh, which is basically saying you know you're done with your work you can go Um, because of that I was I was nocturnal you know I wouldn't wake up until four o'clock in the afternoon and I wouldn't go to sleep until you know five six seven o'clock in the morning and I was sharing a car at the time but I was only five minutes from my home and my dad who I was sharing the car with wouldn't need the car until around 6am and it's about midnight. So I go for a drive, I pick up some food at a local place, and I kind of just drive through the night because I'm a filmmaker, and I like kind of having that time alone to kind of think about things without worrying about, you know, the volume of my music or waking anyone up or anything like that. So I'm driving through the night, and I uh, am driving through this town that's right outside of a, a, a primary school. 
it's uh you know a quiet suburb it's uh no one's on the street because of how late it is it's very very cold outside um there's not a whole lot of snow um because of global warming but there is a lot of uh, a thin layer of frost across basically everything including like your parked cars and uh i noticed something sort of uh past the school there's this big uh almost a uh, valley that uh kind of goes down and uh i i get out of my car and i look down uh and kind of come around this tree to see this thing um i called it a ship uh because it's the it's the easiest way to describe it um it's very large and there's some lights on it's shaped um it's shaped almost like the brainiac symbol from uh the cartoon justice league from the early 2000s it's uh three circles connected by lines um the Brainiac symbol only has two lines, but this one had three. So it's almost like a triangle with uh, each of the points of the triangle uh, being manifested by a big uh, disc. Um, the discs are shaped almost like um, hamburgers where they'll be uh, sort of cut almost, or like a hockey puck where it's a circle, but it's flat on the top and bottoms. And the uh, connective lines are uh, rectangles. And I feel this sort of overwhelming sense of fear um i'm the only living thing out here at all um you know there might be a cat somewhere nearby but it's definitely not giving a shit about this taking off vehicle so i'm i i kind of hug this uh pine tree because i don't dare run back to my car and it, it goes up into the air and it kind of uh circles around uh at a very like the cruising height of a helicopter. If you've ever had like a helicopter fly, fly over your house because there's a news story happening or something like that, um, about that high. So I'd say about 200, 300 feet in the air. Um, and eventually it kind of fucks off over the horizon and I get back in my car and I'm very cold at this point. Uh, my feet have basically frozen, but I don't care because of the panic in my chest. Um, I drive back home, only a few minutes away, and I run inside, and I keep all the lights on, um, with the curtains, you know, pulled shut, and I eventually fall asleep, and, uh, you know, wake up the next, well, you know, my day starts in the afternoon, but I wake up the next day, and, and think, like, did I really see that? Was that a dream? I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't pay much attention to it. So that was the, you know, it was... Before I had met my now fiance is when this first event happened. So that's how I know when the time period is. So a few weeks later, or maybe a day later, I have no idea. Um, I meet her. We hit it off. We go on dates where it's basically just us driving in the middle of the night, you know, picking up food from, um, there's a gas station slash convenience store, uh, local to me called Wawa, which has, uh, hot chocolates, coffee, food, all that sort of thing. Uh, my kitten is running around. So if you hear little squeaking noises that's her her name is shanti um and i eventually i tell her about it we're at the waterfront in um a pretty shitty part of town and i told her about this story and she you know just kind of looked at me and like okay well that's interesting um all right and uh, oh uh mentioned about the size of the thing i i looked at it and like when i got back home it was about the size of um i lived on like a horseshoe shaped uh street it was about as wide as that, which is uh, roughly, maybe just shorter than an American football field, which is 100 yards, so I'd imagine about 100 meters, because meters, a meter is about three feet, 
which is what a yard is. Um, so I told her about it. She, you know, was like, okay, interesting, but moving on. Um, and fast forward several weeks, maybe, um, I'm by myself. We're at the house and in the shitty old apartment that I hated. And, uh, I kind of stick my head out the window, just looking around. Um, I was writing a movie at the time that was really just doing my head in, in terms of like trying to get it written. It was really, really fucking annoying. Um, and I see it again in the sky, in the daylight. Um, it's blue. It's not the object. The sky is blue. Um, and I realized very quickly that I'm kind of, uh, locked onto it. Like I, I don't want it to move. And I almost feel like if I keep my eye on it, maybe it'll stay still or worse. I would hate to look away to grab my phone which at this point is in the kitchen or something like that, and uh, come back and realize it's not there anymore. So I, I just keep my eyes on it. And it looks like it's still, uh, you know, February or early March at this point, so it's still very cold outside. Um, but there are some really pronounced heat waves, uh, seemingly, in front of this thing. Um, it looks almost like when you're close to a street on a very hot summer day, on a straightaway, and you can see, like, the, the cars almost form from, you know, water, uh, that's what it looks like, except there's nothing nearby it, and there's no clouds, there's nothing, it's just completely blue, and eventually the, the ship just kind of fades away, it fizzles away in this, this sort of, um, heat wave effect, and I don't think I ever told Bree about that, but I, I saw that, and I really couldn't get it out of my head for the next several weeks. And that was the last time I saw it so far. Um, we've since moved, we moved 60 miles away from that shitty old apartment to a much better place. And I have yet to see anything that weird. <laughs> we've still seen things. I've still seen some things like there's strange, uh, there's some woods nearby and sometimes I'll see some strange eyes like really high up in the trees and maybe it's an owl. Uh, I hope it's an owl. I have, uh, oh, important detail for the story. At the time, I didn't have glasses. So the lights coming off of them were really flaring. I have really bad astigmatism. So it looks uh, a whole lot like a J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Whenever you flash a light in my face, it's just a lot of bloom. And take away the streak lens flares, it's just very hard to t uh, see what's going on. And didn't have glasses at the second encounter. Now I have glasses. So I've kind of, um, especially around January, I kind of keep an eye looking up, um, because that's sort of, but yeah, that was it. That was my story. And, uh, wanted to finish up with a quick aside. Um, thank you guys for doing these podcasts. Um, when I was at Amazon, it was a very, uh, shitty time and I would listen to, music, which quickly got very old. It's hard to listen to music for 10 hours straight, um, especially when you can't touch your phone. Um, I'd listen to BBC documentaries. I'd listen to Mysteries, which had 110 ads all through them. Um, the biggest podcast when you type in Paranormal, I don't know the name of it, but the one that pops up in, here, in America on Spotify is, you know, seven minutes of ads followed by 
30 minutes of detail told over 60 minutes uh, by irritating people. So it was nice to find a podcast that had a flavor that was different. The sort of, uh, I'd never listened to an audio production before. Um, I'm a fan of Doctor Who, but I've never listened to any of the big Finnish audio plays or anything like that. So it was nice to have this sort of story in my ear that was coming from two people that were excited to be there, that were laughing, that were uh, joking along, that were into the stories. And the uh, the elements that you guys throw in there with the lighthouse, with the dolphins on the beach, with uh, all the crazy shit that happens at Kraken Cove is just a lot of fun. Uh, at least to me. So thank you guys again. Um, yeah, every time you guys upload, it's like a little holiday for me. So I'm I'm very excited for the next one. Bye. Marty is my favorite American. Easily my favorite American. <laughs> oh, I love you, brother. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Marty Miguel. And that's so cool of you, is that? Um, anytime you are in the UK, of course, you get an instant pass to Crack and Cove. You can come on along anytime you like. In it, robot will get you over for free of charge, robot. <laughs> oh, well, but the thing is, I mean, aside from these lovely words, they're very, yeah, very yeah. kind words, uh, and I'm glad to hear he's not actually at um, Amazon anymore. So that's yeah. that's a, that's a that's a big result, is that. And a better um, apartment, and he's got. And a better bird. apartment, and he's yeah, he's got he's got himself a new squeeze <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Go on, mate. So is a bit is uh, if you wanted to see any of it, um, uh, Marty's work, by the way, Marty McGowan's work, um, the film he's made is called Mockingbird. Um, it's on um, it's on YouTube. Um, so if you type in uh, Mockingbird, and we're going to put a link to his movie in the show notes as well, so you can go have a little look at Marty's movie too. I've not had a chance to look at it, because I've just been looking back on my messages, and I've realised that Marty's sent me a link, and I didn't see he'd sent me a link to it. So many apologies, uh, Marty, I've not had a chance to see it yet. But now I'm in lockdown. <laughs> With nothing else to do, I am definitely watching Mockingbird. Yeah, I'll give and that I can't a wait. What about the story, though? Jesus Christ. <sighs> I know. Well, let me just start with a few details, which I think is amazing. He's obviously got the eye of a filmmaker because he's observed this thing perfectly. So it's like the hockey puck-shaped sort of discs. He's got the uh, the, the rectangular joins to them, to, and it's the, the, almost like that heat wave, that that feel of massive amounts of energy coming off yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what about that? It's that bit as well, you know, that bit when you're seeing something you can't believe, then suddenly thinking, oh shit, I'm really scared. Hugging a fucking pine tree, that's that's the shit oh. I do is that thinking, you can't take me if I'm hugging this strong enough, your tractor beam won't work. You know, thinking, yeah. oh man, good. what do I do? I don't want to run back to the car, I've just got to stay put and kind of blend in. Well, it shows, doesn't it? It's a very primal response because, yeah. you know, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, well, back to being a movie, if it was a movie, you'd be straight back in the car and sitting there yeah, locking yeah. the doors and sort of peering up through the windshield sort of thing but but no the, the reality of what actually has occurred is setting and he's just done one of the oldest responses probably that mankind's ever done when they're shitting themselves yeah. fucking hold a tree as hard as you can <laughs> yeah. maybe they won't see me shit yeah and, uh, and again, that's that second that second sighting of it that's spotting outside the window sort of thing you know you can only just and it's, it seems so real because it's it is well. I mean, obviously, I mean, I totally and utterly uh, uh, trust what Marty's saying here. I think it's I think it's an amazing thing that's happened because you you wouldn't rush away. I wouldn't rush and go get my mobile phone if I yeah, saw that yeah. thing there. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't go out. I'd have it's to that, keep my eye on it. It's like that personal feel of it. I know I've heard it before. UFO. You know, you see one. They do seem to reappear or kind of come find you or something. 
that's horrible, yep. isn't it? Daylight, you know, at your apartment, stick your head out for a bit and think, oh, shit, it's found me, it's there, you know what yeah, I mean? It's the, there, yeah. the connection's there, isn't it? And what a weird but, shape. And the thing is, as well, is, is it of this world or is it some sort of like bit of sort of like military tech? Is it some sort of, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, mm. I'm, I'm sort of like, it sounds otherworldly to me. It does, doesn't it? I'm thinking. Yeah. Because you you know, but especially with the the idea that the what it's actually how it's how it's getting itself around is because I'm not it, it didn't say there were any any kind of noise. It wasn't like it was like this like you heard a rotor or a yeah, jet yeah. or anything like that. But it just seems to be creating these these waves, which is absolutely weird, you know. Oh, but what an encounter! Up. I'm amazing. <laughs> I love it and stuff up trees as well. This kid gets it all. I want a bit of that well, action. <laughs> well, I, I think as well. Living in the cold, if you live in the cold climate, the chances are you've got lots of forests nearby as well. You do get big owls. In America, yeah, don't you? Yeah. you? Do get big owls, but the owls also... out what the seam <laughs> Twin Peaks, <laughs> exactly Twin Peaks. I've been listening, I've been watching it recently. Oh yeah, oh, love oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been tucking it. I've no else to do, mate. It's <laughs> not watching DVDs and wanking. <laughs> <laughs> Corona wanks. Oh. <laughs> Comes out green. <laughs> but no, it's it's like. Um, I do think I do think it could, like you say, it could be a giant owl, or it could be bloody Mothman, couldn't it? Yeah, say, exactly. You know, yeah. th- those are, those are, those sightings are going through the roof. But um, I think that was an amazing story. So I'd just like to say some very special Crack and Cove thanks to Marty McGowan. And like I said before, you know, look up Mockingbird, look up his uh, his movie, and give it a watch. I'll follow it in the, in the show notes. Thanks yeah. very much for that. Yeah, cheers, Marty. That were absolutely ace. And just getting a confidence boost. Someone in America's listening to my dumbass. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed that there from the mm. lovely, lovely Marty McGowan. So yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, what a nice chap. But so let's bring it back from across the uh, across the Atlantic now, back to uh, back to the UK and a place very close to Cracking Cove is this one. This is, this is a story that's been sent in to us by Bill. All right, and um, this is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like the weirdy ones. Right, so oh, settle in, and uh, I'm going to read this one out. This is uh, this has been a written one, so I'm going to be reading this out. And like I say, it's it's from Bill. So thanks very much for this, Bill. It started when I was a teenager back in the '60s, with my sister complaining in the morning of having had a bad night's sleep, of something disturbing her, but not knowing what it was. Her being a teenager as well at that point meant she wasn't the easiest person to get along with, and she was a bit of a handful so our parents put it down to hormones and thought no more about it. Well, these episodes became more frequent. Disturbed sleep, strange feeling, not able to quite put a finger on what it was. And mum and dad were just basically brushing it off. Well, one night she wakes up again. This time she knows exactly what the problem is. Standing in her room was the figure of a man. At first she was frozen with fear, but then the man speaks and asks for a kiss. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So this snapped her out of it and she let out the loudest scream she could possibly manage. And the man escapes out through the window. Ugh. Now the police are called to investigate. They check the garden and find indentations in the grass from a ladder. 
and they decide to interview the neighbours to see if any suspicious activity has been noticed. And now, no one has actually seen anything, but several local women report an uneasy feeling of late. And again, not quite being able to describe it. Just disturbed sleep, feeling uneasy. So the police knock on our neighbour's door and ask questions. And their suspicions are aroused by the odd suspicious behaviour of their son. Now my sister flat out denied the intruder was him. They'd lived next door to each other for years and she was 100% certain that he was not the intruder. Nevertheless, the neighbour's son's behaviour set off the policeman's suspicion and they asked the parents permission to search the house, which they granted, although the son was less than happy about this. His <laughs> massive porn collection. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything was normal until they got to the son's room. And it was evident that the lad was a keen artist, so there were chalks and pencils and things like that in abundance. And then they found a large folder and asked the son what was inside and he was fidgeting, sweating, and obviously uneasy. The lad replied that they're my drawings, but they're private. Well, the police decide it's in their best interest to take a look anyway, and inside the large folder were hundreds of drawings, each one showing women sleeping. There was a different woman each time and some were actually recognised by the police constables who had interviewed them that very day. <laughs> them sleeping. So the son was brought in for questioning and he soon confessed. For weeks and weeks he'd been creeping around the neighbourhood with a ladder, stealthily ascending to the bedrooms of the young women in the area, and as they slept he drew them. But one picture baffled the police. It was of a naked girl laid out in the bath, drawn as if from above. Oh, dirty bastard. The girl was quickly identified as my sister. The officers ascended the stairs to the bathroom in our house and they found there, in the ceiling, by the light fitting, a small hole. Oh, peepee hole. The sun had carefully removed the bricks in the attic that blocked off the two adjoining houses, and he'd crept through the gap along the roof space to the place above the bathroom with his art materials in hand. (laughs) And he had waited and waited and waited. Can you believe that? I can't. I'll tell you what's wrong with If he was spanking off, I think it were better. I think it were more healthy than taking all your artist equipment and fucking drawing them. What kind of maniac has time to fucking draw? Would he use a light? What's he doing? That's that's what I mean. That is scary. Absolute psychopath. Jesus. It is just a psychopath. That's the thing. If he, yeah. he I mean, that, it, 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 Bill doesn't put down what happened to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, what what yeah. happened, or whether he was charged, or what. Um, I did actually speak to Bill, uh, and he says it wasn't the lad. wasn't the, He hadn't crept in through the room. It was he wasn't the intruder. That was a separate incident, and they never caught the intruder as it happens. God. But the uh, but the lad. Um, wow. I mean, he's whether he, whether he was actually sort of like. Um, cautioned for that behaviour because I mean 
peeping's horrible. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a grubby little crime, isn't it? What's that but thing? This, oh, oh, I'm re-interrupting, so I'm fucking going for it now. <laughs> 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 but what's that? You know when it escalates, and it, you know you start with peeping and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes real. You know, you, it gets more, doesn't it? And more and more. Yeah, that's it. So it's like hopefully, hopefully being caught like that will have been uh, maybe the, the little shock that he needed to snap him out of the creepy behaviour. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's it. Right at this moment, our kid, he's out there with his artist <laughs> material. <laughs> Sketching me. Yeah, oh. drugging your coffee. You think, you think, why I keep waking up with my sore bum and like a load of daffodils coming out of me? <laughs> <laughs> it's that little bastard. Oh, he's oh, watching no. you take his shit. He's, he's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Up his ladders. Oh, no. uh, and who's, wait a minute, you can't just say that one, the intruder. Who the, who the hell's the intruder? Give well, us a kiss. Ne- <laughs> the, 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 yeah, they never caught him. They never caught him. So he's out there so, too? So he's, he's out there somewhere. <laughs> and the bloody... <laughs> So there's a lad with ladders and there's a lad with artist equipment. Jesus, wait. <laughs> what a bunch. Well, well, thank you very much for that, Bill. That's a, yeah, that's a cheers, superb Bill. story. Sleep tight, much. listeners, with Bill on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, we've got a little uh, submission now. It comes from one Benny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Investigator on the ground yeah. in the thick of so, it. So I've been looking forward to this. It's been, this has been something I've been really excited about. Um, listening to uh, a little uh, Benny's uh, submission for Kraken Curve. So yeah, so it's uh, what, well. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna flannel on too long. I'm gonna hand it over to Benny. So you're gonna describe what you're, you're gonna introduce yourself. Well, like you say, Benny, crime investigations on the steam, uh, like spookily out there gathering the facts when uh, our kids cheating on me. Um, <laughs> but I tell you guys, hold on to your pancakes with this one. This is scary, and I mean scary. So no further ado, let's get this shit on. <laughs> <laughs> Hiya, it's Benny reporting live for Crack and Cove. Our kids urgently sent me out to the mainland for the Halloween specials and I'm reporting live from Crack and Cove Spooky Graveyard. Apparently there's been all sorts of ghostly carries on and I'm here to find out what's afoot. So let's not fanny about listeners and let's get on with it. So, to recap. I'm Benny, I'm live at midnight in the Cove Graveyard taking you listeners on a spooky hunt. Spooky, spooky hunt! Right, listeners, I'm walking the little paths in between the gravestones and spooky crypts and tombs. The light's not too bad, the moon's out. Um, it's looking alright, can't see out yet. I'm saying that, I'm being a bit loud, right? I'm going to go to stealth mode, okay? Can't see fuck all, right? Keep looking for clues, Benny. You've got this, you've got this, just keep looking. Hmm. Right, listeners, we're going to have a little listen, see if we can hear us. I'm going to be really quiet for a few seconds, um, see if there's any like bats or ghosts or ghoulies or werewolves or something. So, right. I can't hear no. Right, let's 
keep having a little look around. Let's have a look at some of these tombs and crypts and that. Oh, oh, looks like some defo activity here, guys. Some of these tombs, there's a big hole here. I bet something spooky has been clambering in and out of this bad boy. Let me see if I can just squeeze down this hole and have a butcher's down in crypt. It looks like, let me just have a little look here. Um, <coughs> tunnel leading down to the heart of this spooky dookie crypt right let's just see if there's anybody down here let's give it a give it a shout down jesus it's fucking dark down there can't see anybody hello anybody down there hiya cooey jesus i'm gonna go down i hope spooky hunt dark down there. Cat hero. Um I'm gonna clip torch on. Nicely. Right, I'm in a pitch black room scanning with my torch. There's graffiti all over the walls, loads of five pointed stars and dirty words. Melted old red candles are everywhere. What's that there? This is a fucking ram skull with some, some parchment underneath it. Let me just try Let me just try and get that fucker out. Oh shit, I ripped it. What's this? Oh, Reader's Rise, 30 bastards. Right, <clears throat> what else have we got down here? Let's have a proper look. So it looks like some mouldy fox dookie, plastic bottle of white lining cider, smashed glass and loads of fag ends. Wait listeners, there's something in the corner. Oh Jesus Christ, reveal yourself. Oh, oh God no, God no, listeners, it's Robot Pete, but Pete, what the hell are you doing with that badger? Oh, God no. Fuck off. 
Oh, you dirty. You dirty. Oh, what have you done oh. to that badger, Pete? Jesus. Jesus, put the badger... Just put it down, Pete, and slowly walk away from it. It's not a badger. It's my baby. Your baby? Oh, man. No. No. Well, listeners, this is Spooky Hunt, and it's over. All the ghostly carry on is just being Pete and his badger baby doing Christ knows what. Sorry, guys, I really thought I'd capture some some sound of a real ghost or something. Sorry, our kid, I fucking balls it up again, Anna. Uh, just left to say, this is Benny reporting Life of the Cove. It's over, and Benny's out of here. Spooky, spooky hunt. Well, what do you think of that, our kid? That a bit of investigating. <laughs> bit of investigating. <laughs> that right? You, you you kind of went for a walk. You climbed down all, and you basically what was he peed? Was he wanking off a badger or something? I don't know what he was doing with it. He said it was his badger baby. I don't know. Listening back, though, I could hear some owls and shit like that. I think I might have missed a trick or something. I think with you that missed bit. a trick. You, I think you were on the on the wrong 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 path completely there. Mm. I could I could hear howls. There were things going off there. Um, um, you did bring that jazz bag back though, didn't you? Oh shit! Sorry. Oh, you even... tight get. <laughs> I didn't oh. even think about it. Wonder. You know, I love a bit of nineteen eighties readers' wives. <laughs> <laughs> Full <Wonder>. carpet. <laughs> Full carpet. <laughs> 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 and there certainly were that. You should have seen Brendan's. Um, oh. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, I can't go back for jazz bag, and I can't go reporting there. You know what I did to that crypt? Were like um, the police have been in touch with me and everything. Were oh, like they've got Penny. me down with vandalism. And I did, you were an all. I just like made it a little bit bigger. I don't know how pink oh. squeezed down there. The fact get. <laughs> well, I, I think what I need to do. I'm going to send you on another another mission. I want a mission next time to be actually looking into a genuine. Don't just be looking for something. I want you to be looking into a particular case. I'm going to give you a case. Oh, I like that. Gonna do. Yeah, so, yeah, a proper spooky hunt. I'm all over yeah, it. That, that's it. So we'll do that. In fact, I might even start you off at bloody going down to um, the Moravian settlement. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, but thanks very much for your reporting, though. You're a well, good boy. I tried. I tried. Well, our kid, it's at this point I'd usually say it's that time already, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But what we've got we've got one more story we've got one oh, more story that's come from, the, uh, from, a, from a listener and this is um, this is a cracker is this one it's, this is from uh, this is from Stephanie Drain from Suffolk oh, right cool Cheers, so she's Steph. got in touch and she she sent this she, she wrote this all out herself as well so this is uh, this is someone for me to read out she didn't want to record it but that's absolutely fine. I'm, I'm more than happy to read it out. So yeah, you without like, further, you do like the the sound of your own voice, don't you? Arkin? <laughs> <laughs> I do, Arkin. Yeah, <laughs> I want you so to do anyway, it like Steph, though, in a female voice, please. The whole I'm story. not going to do it in Stephanie's, <laughs> trying to Stephanie's voice. <laughs> no, I can't wait to hear this one. I can't wait. Right, well, it started raining here as well at the cove, so it's like it's uh, there's a bit of an atmosphere. So it's quite nice actually. I'm quite liking it. So, here we go. This is, a, this is a story from Stephanie Drain from Suffolk. When I was younger, I was a teaching assistant in an old school. And every time I did a head count, I would count one extra child. And this is not that unusual, 
as they were young children and moved about a lot, so it was a bit like herding cats and keeping track of them all. But it happened every time. I thought little of it until a teacher I was assisting mentioned that it happened every time she did a head count too. And that was all fine until one day we were chatting with some other staff in the corridor. And there were two doors off this space, one to the toilets which was open and one to the classroom which remained closed the whole time. I just checked the toilets were empty ensuring that all the children were outside at playtime. As we were chatting, we became aware of the sound of running water. I thought it was odd as I was sure the water was turned off when I checked, but rolled my eyes thinking one of the children had left one of the taps on. We carried on our conversation until we heard the water running again. The tap was back on. It doesn't sound that creepy, but at the moment all the hairs in the back of our necks stood up. I could feel the familiar static energy type sensation that I get when something supernatural is around. Laughing it off, I went to the classroom to get my cardigan as I was joining the children outside and it was chilly. And I have to say, I turned even chillier when I noticed my cardigan had small, wet handprints on it. We'd been blocking the entrance to the classroom where we were chatting and no child had come past us while we were there. And it was the oddest thing and it creeped me out a bit. But what happened soon after was even weirder and it wasn't just me who experienced it. We were all in the classroom, the teacher, the pupils and me, and the teacher was reading a story and the children and I were sitting in a semicircle in front of her, cross-legged on the carpet. Mid-story, I hear and see out of the corner of my eye a child get up from the group and walk away. So I turned to say, where are you going? To this child, at the same time as most of the children turned to see who it was who was not enjoying the story and the teacher stopped reading, looking up to see which child had moved. But there was no one there. No child had left the group, at least no living child. Several of the children said things like, oh, that's just the magic boy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like it was nothing unusual at all. Oh. And I asked them, who is the magic boy? And they said, it's the boy who Stuart talks to in the playhouse. Oh, Stuart, changed his name to say the little fella, was quite a shy little chap, a bit of a loner who played alone, often chatting away to himself in the home corner of the classroom. Well, I'd always assumed he was talking to himself, but maybe he was talking to a ghost child that the other children nicknamed the Magic Boy. Oh, man. So Stephanie goes on to say um, that in all my time working alone in this big Tudor house, I've never seen anything indoors, but working out in the garden, more than once, out of the corner of my eye, I've seen a man watching me work. And every time I assume it's my boss coming to check on me, or a delivery man looking for a signature, but every time I look up and wave, there's no one there. Maybe it's an old groundsman or gardener checking up that I'm doing a good enough job, or looking after the grounds. And then Stephanie puts, some would say I'm mad to listen to stories of supernatural weird and unexplained while working in a creepy place alone. But it's a testament, <laughs> but it's a testament to how good your show is that I keep coming back. So Aww. keep up the good work, guys, and thank you again for your company. And that's all the best from Stephanie Drain. Oh, man, my heart's pounding this episode, man. I'm getting a bit of sugar back. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and stories. That's yeah. so nice of everybody. Honestly, that's made me... Been, been, 
made me Benny Hart like warm up there. Yeah, but what about the magic boy? Ugh, oh. I don't want to think about the magic boy. All wet, and he leaves puddles and handprints. Wet little hands all over a cardigan. Ugh. Ugh. It's <laughs> nearly like he's made of water, isn't it, in a sense? You know, he's dripping. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, oh, he's, oh, oh, oh he's oh, died, by dr- died by drowning or something. Died by drowning. I bet you anything that's what it is. He's he might have even drowned in those sort of toilets or something like that. Oh, oh, oh ultimate bog wash. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with that man that's watching, he did it. He's got a swirly. <laughs> Wedgie up by his ears and that. Jesus, oh, Paul, little man. Magic that's a, that's boy. That's a mad one, that, yeah, magic boy. So, yeah, so I think that's the end of the show. I hope everyone's had a nice spooky time. But um, oh, it's now up to... Yeah, I am. Not, well, that, well, that one really creeped me out. So I think we need to choose now what which one we think is the best story. Now I must admit, Ooh. I was I was I was very uh, chuffed with Marty. I mean, sending it sending that voicemail over was really cool. And yeah, that. I love Bills look. as well. Bills were ears with bloody yeah. <laughs> creepy eyes. Oh, well, that was all creepy as that. Yeah, I do but, think Halloween's a time for slashers and murderers as well as ghosts and ghoulies. So that were a good yeah. little turn. But we're here for I, the I, chills. Do you know? I'm, I, shall I tell? Shall I tell you my favourite? I've got mine. Go on. Or, uh, mine, mine's, mine's, mine's the magic boy. <laughs> He's got to be magic boy. That's well creepy. Steph did a really oh. good one on that. Really good. Yeah, Everybody did amazing. well. Don't get me wrong, but that were proper ghost, water ghost, weird boy thing. That's it. I oh, know. That's it. So Stephanie Drain, um, you've won the book, which is an absolute smasher. Um, so what we'll do is I'll get back in touch with you uh, and ask for your address, and I'll get it in the post as soon as possible. I'll make sure it's nice and runny-proof first as well, so you don't catch <laughs> yeah. anything horrible. <laughs> yeah, a nice coronavirus through the post yeah. for you, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's deadly virus is on its way to you now. It's <laughs> pretty spooky as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, oh, so I'm just all I want to say now is I hope all of you have a lovely spooky Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, hope you got lots and lots of sweets and things like that. And um, but you know, go safe. You know, yeah. have a spooky still. one, guys. Have a spooky one, Sam. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> I'll go nail our kid's door shut again so he can't get back out. No, oh, cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Keep you safe. So it's so a big spooky bye from Matt. And it's uh, oh, well, what's beginning with a B that's spooky? Um, I don't know, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, oh, well, I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Go <laughs> At least it's terrifying bye-bye from Benny. Take care, guys. <laughs> well, that was worth waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram at Crack and Cold Pod. Ha ha!